Welcome to Stop Winging It, a podcast for and about small business owners and entrepreneurs. It's brought to you by Wingman Associates, a strategic business coaching firm dedicated to helping leaders rediscover their original passion. Stop Winging It is also sponsored by 10 Capital Wealth Advisors out of Spokane, Washington. You know, when it comes to wealth management, if you're like most folks, the recent headlines and volatility they're creating are probably concerning at the least, possibly retirement changing at the worst. If you find yourself watching the market and your portfolio bouncing up and down a bit more than you're comfortable with, with no clear communication or defined path to success, maybe the timing is right to refresh the conversation about who's handling your money. Whether you have an advisor today or you're serving as your own, seeking a highly qualified second opinion or experienced sounding board is the essence of prudent planning. When it comes to achieving your financial goals, the style of the planning process matters as much to the outcome as the plan or portfolio itself. And why is that? It's the glue that holds everything together when life or markets get tough. With nearly a billion dollars in assets under management, 10 Capital's growth is due to their unique process that empowers you in your purpose, your plan, and your portfolio. They take everything into account, from your evolving goals to the constantly changing markets to help empower the story you hope to write while also giving you greater peace of mind. To learn more, check them out at 10capital.com. Today's episode features Chris Olson, proprietor and owner of Fondi Pizzeria in Gig Harbor, Washington. It's our first foray into the restaurant world and probably long overdue. Chris has spent most of his life in and around the restaurant business, cooking, running the kitchen, managing, owning, and ultimately delivering a brand experience and culture that's very hard to duplicate. His story, which is also sort of a personal slogan, is about finding your passion and sticking to it. As Chris so eloquently puts it, my job is to talk to people and play with food. Building a culture that treats employees like family and customers like guests is what separates Chris and Fondy. We hope you will appreciate the lessons learned and wonderful approach to life that Chris brings to his chosen profession every day. So welcome, Chris, to this episode of Stop Winging It. And we are are super excited to have you here today, Chris. Um, Chris Olson has been in the restaurant business his entire career, which is where we're going to start. Chris will be our first restaurateur, as it were. And uh, so I'm very excited uh, to learn more about Chris's background, why he stayed in the restaurant business for as long as he's been in it, um, what's the attraction, what's the draw there. So maybe, Chris, uh, first of all, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, it's great to be here. And we, uh, we I think for the audience purposes, maybe take us back to when you started in restaurant business and why you stayed there was probably a point there where you could have gone maybe one direction or another but you didn't you stayed with it and so how did, how did the, how that all happen uh the reason i started in the restaurant industry is when i was 15 years old i could walk to work that's the easy answer that's there, there's an old place here in gig harbor uh it's not here anymore but it was called the span deli and it was right over by the Narrows Bridge. So yeah. anybody who's been in the harbor for any long length of time would know Pat and Ron Jones. Okay. Uh, and uh, a lot of us kind of still know each other from back when we worked there. Yeah. I've worked with friends' parents. I've worked with people that I know who are all around. Um, 
here in the Northwest. So yeah, it's one of those weird little spots. Just right through, uh, right through high school, just stuck with it. Just working. No, <laughs> I didn't actually. Yeah. Um, junior year, I stopped working. Thought I knew better, and I was an idiot, yeah. and I needed to work. And right. so then I couldn't find a job because I was under eighteen. And so that was one of those things. Now, as an older adult, I realize, mm. oh, hey, I actually need money and. Funny how that goes. <laughs> all those things we find out along the way exactly yeah yeah so then you uh you move on from harbor and you, you end up at central and uh i did yeah um central washington i so we're gonna tie in and uh i worked for Domino's in the high school area um started working got married Moved in and out of places, and then um, worked with youth a lot. Was in Alaska, hmm. and then um, I was working for Starbucks. Actually, I was pay me to go to school and college and um, yeah. coffee benefits. Kept yeah. you studying. <laughs> Those right. were good perks, right? Uh, and then transferred to Central Washington. Uh, got my bachelor's of science in business over there, and then when I got back to this side of the water, I needed a job again. Hmm. You gotta got to figure out how to live right so my wife right. and i she's a teacher she knew what she wanted to do yeah and uh at one point i'm like i went back to work for starbucks like, okay it paid okay. my bills right actually to be honest i bought my first house working at starbucks so it's off the good company i mean it's kind of hard to yeah hard to, yeah hard to badmouth starbucks yeah yeah they they took care and they still do take care of their staff right i, I would i don't have anything bad to say about them right at all yeah and so uh from there i also learned one of my fortes was actually in coffee tasting and so um like wine tasting i i just had a taste for all of the different coffees that they had and i was Seriously? really good at it and then um <laughs> i was working in tacoma uh moved next door to another place called zupa um, actually became the general manager of that location. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to get out of the re- the restaurant industry because I have a bachelor's of business. Right. So I, I tried to leave the industry many times. And then it just never worked Just out. kept tugging you back in. You know, time moves forward. It's 2008. It's the recession. You yeah. can't leave your job. It's the only one. No one's hiring. And so right. I stayed in the restaurant industry um, and then joined – the company that we were most recently with, that's Restaurants Unlimited, based mm-hmm. out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started in 1969. High-end, fine dining, uh, lots of great restaurants up there. Right. So I was commuting from Gig Harbor to Northgate, oh, North boy. Seattle, and then transferred to the South Center area, which wasn't nearly as bad. Sure. And as kids were, my kids were getting grown up, and I really needed to be able to spend more time with my family. And so I transferred to Gig Harbor, um, took a pay cut, and then, you know, no tolls, no gas. Mm. I was walking to work for maybe the first two years, really just enjoying being closer to home. And um, it just, it seems like time flies. Yeah. I mean, what, what you know, to dig in on some of that. I'd love to know how you get a palate for, I don't even drink coffee, but I'd love to know how you get a palate for discerning coffee taste. Did, was that just natural? Is that just something that... It did. It was natural. Um, was that's a, interesting. There was, I joined Restaurants Unlimited to get away from the kitchen work. Hmm. And I was a front of the house manager. Yeah. And so one of the cooks was like, you kind of walk the walk, but you don't look like 
the rest of us. I was clean shaven and had mm. a nice tight goatee and everything. Um, and I was the fourth chef at that store. Um, someone was like, you know, Chris wants to give it to Chris. And, he, and they're like, well, he's not kitchen. And so I took over the kitchen and um, had a great time working there. Had, had We just had a phenomenal team. And really, that's what the kitchen is about. It's yeah. the, the staff, the kitchen. This is a job that you are paid to. You could be paid to work, or you could be paid to clean, or you could pay, be paid to serve a table. But this is an industry about relationships. And coming around a table really is the for heart sure. and soul of what everybody does. Like the family comes together on Sunday for their, their meal at home. Grandma wants to invite you over for Thanksgiving. You're coming around a table. You're sharing times with each other. Well, the restaurant, most restaurants, I think, really have that opportunity to provide that. And mm-hmm. our team, our group of people that we had, um, really were fantastic. Yeah. And so that was up at the Stanford's location in South Center. Oh, yeah. I've been and there so, several times. Yeah. Sure. Beautiful sure. store. Had a great time with it. Yeah. Still keep in contact with a lot of people. And um, But when that option to, to move to Gig Harbor was there it was mm-hmm. the best decision for for family for me for the kids yeah it was a it was the right call i have a unique appreciation um i told chris when we met the first time i worked in the restaurant business all through college uh, back in indianapolis for a uh, it was part of the fridays corporation a restaurant they had only a half a dozen of them in the country called Daltz. it was like a 1930s malt shop pretty fun Actually, really fun if you're a college guy, getting all your meals paid for and and, uh, and, just, and just cooking. And right after college, didn't know what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, they said, well, we want you to run the kitchen over in, in Ohio and be the kitchen manager over there. And I said, okay. And I just did. And, um, and I just remember what you said being so true. It was, it was always, always about the people, the relationships that you build, the camaraderie, just the servant nature of wanting a great product to go out the door just something that just kind of seeps into you when you get into that business yeah and there's a a lot of art when you get to a certain level with restaurants Mm. you can you can put the food out but i think it's also down to the corporate culture what are they looking for how are they putting it together what are they asking and how do they treat each other you know there's a like anything in life there's good things and bad things and how we treat each other and I work very hard to make sure that my team knows that I respect them and I value them. And I think that they are always there right, to, to help take care of us is the same point. Like we take care of them, they take care of us because we kind of rely on each other to make all that happen. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. So coming to Gig Harbor, then was that the original when Fondy's opened up? It wasn't. Uh, Fondy opened up. The brand opened in 2005 at Kent Station in uh, on James Street in Kent, mm-hmm. and the brand was in development before that. Um, I kind of come back to that later, but our store here in Gig Harbor opened up in 2008. Eight, okay. And so we are okay. 14 years old right now. Yeah. And the brand is about 18 years old. Got it. So. Got it. Yeah. You. I don't remember this. You opened this store? You were with this store from the very beginning? I was not. You were not. I okay, was, you came in. 
I came in in 2012. 12. So it. actually, this is 2022. Yeah. So on July 2nd of this year will be my 10 year anniversary at this store. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Really exciting stuff. Um, I actually wanted to get closer to home. I wanted to be closer to my family and Gig mm-hmm. Harbor. And I was putting out some applications at the time. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't always recommend this path for those people in the business office. <laughs> but no, I, I just, I needed to yeah. move closer to home. And there was one personality at the time that really was kind of one of my catalysts for that. Yeah. Um, personality conflicts. It happens. Just wasn't, it happens. Yeah. Wasn't no hard feelings on anything. It just, we didn't work well together. He ended up moving to California and um, I just, I stopped looking for a job closer to home, but I had two different restaurants that wouldn't stop calling me. And I had one company that I'm not going to say which. Yeah. Um, they offered me a job, and I finally looked at my wife and was like, "I." They have literally said yes to everything that I asked for. <laughs> and if they, if I didn't like something that they wanted me to do, I said no. And so they gave it to me. They gave me everything I wanted wrapped up in a bow in a contract in paper with wow. a guaranteed salary. I we got to do this. Yeah. But I didn't. I, I really didn't want to. Hmm. Um, what was holding you back? It wasn't the style that I wanted hmm. for for business. It was um, it was kind of a return to more of a casual atmosphere, and I wanted something different. Oh. Um, not fancy, just I wanted something different. I was yeah. looking for something different, and um, put in my notice. And I had had an interview with this wonderful person. Her name is Deborah. Um. That's just a longer story that might require a bottle of wine, honestly. <laughs> but no, I mean, she really yeah. went to town and she went to bat and said, listen, you know, we're losing them anyway. Give them the store. And so uh, they were all like, where is he on the roadmap? And where is he on his training? And what check marks have he, has he gone through? Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Listen, you're either going to lose him or you're not. Like, what are you going to do? And so right. they skipped it and they gave me the store and... You know, it was a rough couple years. The mm. the store needed some attention. It needed some love. It needed someone to own it in mentality. Yeah. Uh, treat it like you own it. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so yeah. Um, with that, I I think on day three, because I, I was walking to work, right? Mm, so right. I, dro- I, drove right. On, I drove that day because I remember because I was wearing flip-flops. So on day three, I was barefoot in the dining room, moving tables around because I didn't like the way it was set up. <laughs> so that first two years, I think we reorganized the dining room maybe four times. Yeah. Uh, there was a great lady there. Her name was Diana. Uh, she had been promised certain days off. I honored all of that. I said, mm. no problem. You know, like I'm the GM, but you get those days off, not mm. me. So I worked the hard shifts. Um, put in the time yeah, and we just, we just developed people to come up and move through there. And a lot of people have come through our doors. Some of them are still with us. Um, and so we just have this, and a lot of them honestly keep coming back, you know, we've seen it as customers. I've seen, yeah, yeah, the customers that you see at the table next to you. It's like, man, did did they, were they our server like four years ago? (laughs) That's true. Yeah, they were. We know their parents, here come their kids, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so that's what I love about it. Um, what we've developed it, at our store now is that uh, teach, train, delegate is really the best way that I hmm. would say that. Okay. Um, I own the restaurant. 
And so, but I owned the restaurant before I owned the restaurant. And so that was one of the things that you and I had talked about. That's a mental shift for a lot of people. It is a mental shift for a lot of people. It's a job. You punch the clock, you go home, I'm out, we're done. I I was never that way. Um, At a certain point in Fondy, they needed something. The team needed somebody. I needed to, I need to show something. And then people started sticking around. And then, um, you know, I have people that I keep in contact with that have been uh, terminated for disciplinary action or something like that. Or, um, you know, I have people who pop in after 10 years and they're like, man, is Chris around? And I'm like, yeah, well, here we are. You know, and so, you know, yeah, you've got cool. contractors, you've got speech pathologists, you've got business mm. people. And they're all popping in, and it's like, man, I remember working here. There are days that I miss this job. Yeah. Um, property management, uh, flight attendants, pilots. All That's of amazing. The above. They're all like, your, they're like hope, all your kids, I hope right? That, I hope they are. Yeah. They're all my kids, and I hope every single one of them, if they ever hear this, and they're like, oh, man, that was me, because yeah. it was, and it was, it was awesome. And yeah. then there's people who come into the store who were before me, mm. who still know that, like, you know, we had some introduction. And that they were there. Right. You know, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's fun to watch as a consumer mm-hmm. on the other side. Uh, our family loves it and we've been there for years and now our, not just our kids, but our grandkids mm-hmm. are popping in now and climbing all over the benches and stuff. But we have uh, grown accustomed to a culture. Why do people go back to restaurants to begin with beyond the food, right? You be, the food, it better be a given. It better be good because you're out there paying, you know, good hard-earned money for it. You expect it to be good uh, quality food. But then there's something else. It's a bit of an intangible to exactly. me, it seems like. But it, but it's real. You know it when you're there. It's, it's funny you should say intangibles because when I do – we do a lot of community um, support specifically towards education. Mm. So in the beginning, it was I know I want to do something. Again, you look for that one thing. Someone offers you a job. It's, eh, it's just not right. What was it? I, I want something just, it's close, but it's not, it's not, it's not the gold medal. Yeah. And so we were at Fondy. I remember laying, sitting out there watching the, 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 the people through the dining room. And I, I mean, you really got to stop. And in today's day and age, sometimes you're told not to do this. But really, I just started looking at all the people. Who's in my dining room? What's going on? Honestly, Mike, you've been coming in forever. Mm. <laughs> I've seen you for a long time. Yeah. But you got to look around and be like, all right, so who are my customers? Who are my people? How do I get to know them? I don't want them to be customers anymore. I want them to be my guests. Like if someone's invited to your house and you know you're going to have special company coming over to your house, what do you do? Right. You vacuum, you clean, you go into the bathrooms and tidy up on everything. Like you have certain, you bring out the best food that you have possible. And so what I want is I want guests at my restaurant mm. coming in to visit it's casual yeah we're just going to be sitting back and sipping a glass of wine and having some pizza but you're still guests and there's that mentality shift on that that you want people to come totally. for right and you, and that's really hard to build into potentially um teenagers to young 20s who may have not ever experienced it right before right this job i just i just want to check in and check out and you're trying to you're trying to get them to own a little bit more of it. My brain, my gears are just like grinding. There's so many thoughts and different things that are rolling through my head. Yeah. Even on this conversation. Absolutely. Positively. 
um, over the last 10 years, very interestingly, a lot of people who were coming in and applying for jobs, 19, 18, 20 years mm -hmm. old, never had a job before. First time ever. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself. First of all, how's that possible? <laughs> this is oh, I mean, the way we grew up, but good still. On, good yeah. on them. You know, yeah. they got the opportunity that they didn't have to worry about that. Right. And so, but there are people out there who want jobs. And I, I'm, you know, the labor shortage isn't related to COVID. I mean, it's been around before that. Finding good help is always difficult. And so mm -hmm. we had a minor work permit long time ago. Yeah. And then not getting into politics. Minimum wage starts rising here in Washington. It got to a point that in Seattle, the minimum wage took away the options for people to get jobs under the age of 18. Uh -huh. This ties me back into when I was a kid, junior in high school, wasn't working, couldn't find a job anymore because no one would hire me because I wasn't 18 years old. Got it. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I really missed out. You know, Pat and Ron really did know what they were doing. I was just an idiot. Yeah. At some point I was the dumb proverbial kid. Yeah. And so I called up HR and in Seattle cause you know, corporate offices are nice here in, in, in Washington, Seattle. And I told him, I'm like, you're not doing this. I'm, you're not, I'm going to keep my minor work permit. That's just the end of it. Hmm. And they were like, Nope, you can't do that. I'm like, I am not terminating 25% of my team because you're making a bad decision. Oh my. Screw that. Yeah. We're not doing that at all. all. Right. And so I kept it. They said, yes, that was a, oh, they actually did something. I, I pleaded my case and I won. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Right. <laughs> so we kept those people. Yeah. Well, COVID comes. Um, even before that, I've been talking to teachers for years. Um, social study teachers, giant maps of the world on their wall. Um, counselors. Right. Uh, so uh, what is it? Social, social studies talking to teachers, working with people. I've hosted um, little projects like, uh, what is it? It's kind of like take your dad to work type thing mm -hmm. where like an eighth grader comes and works with you and stuff. Sure. Um, some of those kids came back when they got older and came back to work with me. Yeah. Um, That's pretty the, cool. Some of those people and, you know, it's uh, different relationships. People like you, like, man, you should go check out Fondy. Like, and so over the last several years, five years at least, more and more younger people are coming in at high school mm. and are looking for a job. I need right. to fill my time. I want to buy something. I need, I have things that I need to do. And we don't just give them a job. We give them a place. Right. And so, you know, you're not just a dishwasher. This is, this is what the law says. I'm going to teach you about how to take breaks. I'm going to make you follow a recipe. We're going to go over safety of things. Mm -hmm. You get to a certain age, you graduate up to a new skill level. Um, no matter who it is, if you're holding a knife, you have to have the talk with me. Like, I'm going to teach you how not to cut yourself. Yeah. And then you're probably still going to cut yourself. But yeah. <laughs> we're going to try to minimize that yeah. as much as possible. Um, but there's a bit of business in all that, too. It's a business. I mean, yeah. Right. But now, like... Yeah. So because of COVID, we have right now 10 people who are no longer dishwashers. They're now cooks. And so you mm. know, talking to this new generation. And then for me, it was a challenge because it was like, how do you talk to these people? They're saying stuff that doesn't make sense 
to you. Like right. what you're saying is not how the business world works. Right. You have this ideology that yeah. you haven't seen wor- the world yet. Yeah. You haven't sure. You haven't seen the gritty parts of things. Yeah, yet. yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> now, I mean, for some of these kids, it, the best description that I can have is like work is a lot like a video game. You you put in your time. You got to slog through everything. Other people are faster and better than you, and you lose a lot of battles, mm. but you keep gaining a little bit of coin. And then eventually you find that you've got better tools in your toolbox, and then you level up. It's well, a great I'm, analogy. I'm going to force yeah. that to happen. So every yeah. time you learn a new skill, and if you can handle your station on a Friday night, then you level up. Right. So now I have to pay you more. Yeah. And so that changed. That was a game changer. And so we have so many young people who work for us. That's a great way to put it, too. Yeah. I like and that. And that's just the kitchen. Like, my brain is... Moving. Moving. <laughs> but so so things are going well. I mean, you move through 14, 12, 14, 15. Business is is growing. Mm-hmm. Gig Harbor um, has embraced yep. Fondy. Yep. And then uh, we run in... The corporation is happy. Yeah. And so then we run in, we run into COVID, and we talked about this a little bit. But I, I think it's fair to say that, uh, uh, you know, adapt or die, right? I mean, yeah. you, you had to figure some things out, and you had to figure them out quickly. Well, so walk walk back through that just a touch, just a okay, yeah. Part of it goes back to your original question of when did I realize that I wanted to be in this industry? Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID happened on March seventeenth of twenty twenty. Okay. I bought the restaurant on October 1st of 19, 2019. Boy, barely six months into it. Right? Yeah. And I realized, that was a 20, on uh, on September 28th, we were terminated under the corporation. There was a hostile takeover. Everything went sideways. And on the very Friday of the event, uh, of, the, of the court hearing and everything, we got added to the list at 8 a.m. President of the company calls me. We get laid off, and Saturday morning, um, Saturday night, 7 p.m., we were at the store closing everything down, and that's yeah. when I made that decision. When did I want to be in this industry? Yeah. When did I officially make that decision? Yeah. 7 p.m. on the 28th of September. You were fighting for it. I was fighting for it. Um, my boss flew out on Friday, and uh, we were having drinks and she's like, all right, let's go do this. I'm like, man, we close. Like, what are you talking about tonight? There's nobody at the store. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what's going on. Right. Um, homecoming was for oddly scheduled for both high schools on that Saturday. Mm. We had bookings all day long for teams and, and sports teams and kids and birthday parties. I mean, yeah. we were packed all over. No one told me to buy less food because we were added at the very end of the list. Right. You know? So, right. What am I supposed to do for this last minute termination? We're all out of a job. And I was like, so let me get this straight. If my team works, they're still going to get paid, right? Well, yeah. Like the team, guarantee the team will get paid. Rent and all that other stuff, like it's questionable. Sure. So sure. great. Cool. Uh, we're not closing the store Friday. I'm going to stay open on Saturday. And we're going to take care of this Saturday night. And. I'll work on it then. She's like, well, I'm not going to be here to help you. I got to go back to my store. No problem. So Mm. um, my business partner, who is just a really good friend, great guy from church, he was there for moral support. Yeah. And 
uh, he has a wonderful story about things. But uh, my two business partners are actually two of the smartest guys that I could ever possibly hope to know. They have years and years and years in their respective fields. Um, one was a CFO. The other is in finance. Nice. You know, when you have questions and you need to ask people things, you go find the smartest people you can. Right. And so it was that Saturday night and he, you know, he comes up to me and he's just like, that's it. I'm in. I just saw what happened and I'm in. And really what had happened is I had, I had told the entire team that they're terminated and please go back and clean the store. And then we had a party and then I told them to go help the dishwashers do the dishes and they did. And he was like, man, they, he just fired the entire team. And then he told them to go do the dishes and they did it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not A plus B equals C. Something so else was he, going on. He's yeah. the one who nailed that together. Um, yeah. And then there's a, a lot of magic happened. Miracles happened all weekend long. And then on, uh, on Monday at noon, we had a handshake deal. And we kept the keys. They just said, it was we're just all in. We were all in. Whatever it took. Wednesday Wednesday night, I had a mental breakdown. And then Thursday morning, I got back up <laughs> and did it all over again. Uh, it was, did that really just happen? Did that yeah. really just happen? We were closed for 32 days. And then we reopened in a whirlwind. It was crazy. The gig, the gig Harbor community was so supportive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely behind us. It was yeah. fabulous. Yeah. COVID hums. March 17th. Right. Um, one thing I learned on that is the government does not work as fast as we do. So there were misinterpretations. Um, our food reps, everybody was calling. We all kind of knew something was going on. And so mm -hmm. we went into full takeout mode on Monday, the 17th. Wow. And really it was Tuesday night is when this happens. It was supposed to be like the day later. And we, we pulled the plug that right then and there. And we went into full takeout mode. Um, did that take a lot of preparation or were you kind of Oh no. That I wasn't mean, that that wasn't a hard it, switch for you. What what we learned, well, we can always make smart decisions and do it quickly, but what we yeah. learned is like, man, we are really fast. Like we can we're like a jet boat. Like yeah. zing, 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 left, right, left, right. Um mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of unknowns. And then there was this wonderful article. I think it was in the Chicago Tribune. It was about the Canless restaurant up in uh. Seattle. The canless set the bar on excellence. And the, in the article, it was, well, we've got this valet parking loop. You know, we've got these servers. Servers can serve tables. And what if servers served cars? And so they turned their valet into oh a drive-thru. Wow. And then they needed their people to work because people need work. And there were at the time there was no programs. Nobody knew what was going on. We didn't know if we were going to get paid. There was no CARES Act yet. Right. So PPP loans weren't out yet. No there was out. yeah. There, PPP wasn't even a thing at that right. point. Right. And so the Canlis started doing um, parties in the park next to their building, movies on the wall, um, burgers and barbecue, and like they reinvented themselves like six times that summer. Mm. Summer in like four months they yeah. they must have done half a dozen different projects. Wow. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's try something. Everybody throw an idea on the table. I mean, this is like cooking spaghetti when you're a kid. Throw the spaghetti on the wall, and if it mm. sticks, it's done. Right. Well, what crazy harebrained scheme can you think of? And so we started thinking of all these things. Problems start coming up at you. Um, the reason we have our logoed pizza boxes 
is because we couldn't get pizza boxes or pizza boxes distribution and all of the different issues from COVID. Um, there's shortages, there's price increases, we can't get things. Uh, you order pizza boxes, but no one's allowed to go to work. So like, there's so many different questions mm. and problems that were going on with right. everything. That was just pizza boxes. So I was like, great, well, let's, right. let's make our own pizza boxes. At least we'll have a flat cost and we'll have advertising and things will go from there. Um, there was an old, at one point we tried a, a tactic years ago that never really took off. So we, we brought that back and we were stamping like this giant seven by nine inch rubber stamp and literally stamping every box that was going out. Wow. And I was like, it didn't work eight years ago, but it's working now. Yeah. So Wow. <laughs> crazy. It's ideas. creative. Yeah. It's just creative. Yeah. Um, we tried yeah. a lot of different fads and things we knew weren't going to stick around. We never really did really well with beverages mm. to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in some, some places really did. Yeah. Great for them. It didn't work for us. Mm-hmm. We're moving on. Let's try something different. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, Gig Harbor supported us just immensely. Yeah. So. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. So you come all the way through. I mean, you get to a point where now you're, um, it's your store yep. and your group is running it and uh, it's yours to call the shots. And now, you know, you go through a COVID situation and you come out the other end and you've got like different vision. You've got outdoor potential coming in again. You got a veranda, not a veranda. Uh, we have a, we're building a... Yeah, tell me what that is. We're building, building a new pergola. Per- thank you. So let's just be honest. Uptown saw the need and is and is putting together an outside, outside dining area that is on our patio, which is technically property for Uptown. And so there's this mix of things. Uh, John Hogan is the owner for... Uh, Uptown uh, area yeah. and in his company, uh, Citation Management. John is a phenomenal property manager, smart guy, mm. absolutely caring, and he has wonderful ideas. And so when 2020, August, was coming around, we knew that people were sitting outside. At one point early in the summer, you weren't supposed to be sitting outside, right. but it was John's property, not mine. You know, it's like I use it, but John owns it. So there's this really great dynamic back and forth. And then um, I asked John if I could put a tent outside. And so we we did the whole permitting process. And then everybody else in town had tents. Um, snow and, oh, my gosh, such a crazy year. And then um, at, at the very end, I was like, oh, we got a bigger tent. And so our smaller tent. We literally centipede walked that thing like a caterpillar or a little inchworm mm. across the parking lot, and that went to another restaurant. Um, and then COVID starts to end up. Phase four is being done. People are still sitting outside, yeah. and it's been like 18 months. I'm like, wow, this is actually a really cool idea. Huh, let's, let's talk to John. Yeah. So, John and my partners, and we all sit down together, and we kind of hash things out. John gets the ball rolling. Um, it's John's project, mm-hmm. and I am going to be supporting Uptown with a lot of the different projects that they do, concerts in the park, music holidays. There's tons of different things that we do yeah. to try to, again, own it, run it like you own it. Right. And so I'm going to take care of the facility and take care of the people around it, and so we have this awesome build coming up. Um very excited about that but it started really because cool. people needed somewhere to sit yep and it was covid and there was nowhere to go yeah 
filled a need. It filled a need. As always. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There was a, and need. it was a social need. That was the important thing. It Wasn't comes it the, back down to the just community. wanted to get together again. Yeah. And so people outside, I mean, at one point, there was this, it was, all of the fires were going. Yeah, there was as many heaters as there were people. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. We had heaters everywhere. It yeah. was, I mean, it was a, it was like living inside of a snare drum. It was raining so hard. <laughs> and there was just sheets of water coming down everywhere. And I right. stopped and I looked around at the, at the audience and everybody was laughing and talking and listening to the rain and enjoying great food and enjoying great company. And there was this legitimate golden glow that was coming off of everything. Yeah, it was the fires. Right. But it was coming off of the people. And it was like, man, this is yeah. something going on. Yeah. And so now yeah. here we are. We're open. The patio is under construction. So everybody who's eagerly awaiting the opening of the patio, like, be patient. We're excited right. for you, too. Right. But they're inside the dining room, and they still look excited and having a great time. Um, yeah, for we sure. Had, we hosted a birthday party yesterday. Uh, it's something the day before that. And then, like, the little the little kids were coming in from basketball practice or basketball game and they won a game on Saturday, man. It's just, it's, it's all about community. It was awesome. Super fabulous. Yeah. It's just, and that's what we, we as consumers in the greater gig Harbor area, um, we gravitate towards that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just, you feel um, a bit of a tie, not just to the food, which is outstanding. And we only make homemade peaches with your dough. Now it took us a couple of years to figure out why until we actually did it well once, but, uh, and that's because we watched your video. One more thing that you do, um, yeah. in, in in a true ownership fashion, a lot of people who own their businesses want to continue to get their messaging across, and and you're doing that via different videos and teaching videos and things like that. When did that idea happen? When did that start? Um, we that kind of goes back to like when we first took over the store, hmm. and it was there was this something wasn't connecting it, something wasn't right and we we just didn't seem to have a lot of the foot traffic social socially out out on the digital web and i didn't know oh, okay. I, I don't know what the heck i'm doing yeah. i'm like i'm not <laughs> this is not my forte. preaching to the choir there, oh right? my lord <laughs> yeah this is not what i do um called a different couple people and honestly, oddly enough, I had a lot of different people who were knocking on my door like, oh, you're a new business. Like, this is what I do. I do this marketing thing. Sure. And I ended up in contact through our uh, through our computer company, Annual Communications, out of Lakewood. Okay. They are a lord, larger – they've got offices throughout the United States. Um, we got in contact with a great lady named uh, Serena. And so she is actually now in her own business. And so Siren and Carpenter is the marketing company that I would use. Yeah. I would highly recommend everyone call Siren and Carpenter. There you go. They are phenomenal. Shameless plug. Right. And really, she and I will have these phone calls, and we just start bouncing just ideas gone. off of each other. And there are days where my projects, I'm literally chasing myself to get caught up to her as much as she's throwing stuff at me. Like these are, And so mm. we started putting out ideas. Um I will be very honest. My twelve, my now thirteen-year-old daughter Audrey uh, helped me with some of the social media yeah. stuff <laughs> at one point. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, honey, I need Daddy needs a little bit yeah. of help here on this thing called social media. Um, so Don't videos try. were great. We started off with a lot of different things. I just put out a um, how to make your own sourdough 
at home, which is one of our features for our restaurant. Mm. Our sour is 18 years old. It started in 2004 in our test kitchens. Wow. We call it Sophia after Sophia Loren, the actress. Yeah. And so this blog is about like for those people who are really creative and you want to make your own sourdough, there's a way to do it. And so All right. it's super easy. It's not really complicated. It just takes time and patience. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's just one of the little things that we did. And so new menu items, new drinks, new patio, a couple new videos about food, mm-hmm. how to make some of our, how to recreate some of our classics for you at home. There's always those questions. Right. And so that's yeah. what we've seen. And so yeah. Serena has been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can remember not watching the video on, on how to throw pizza dough and trying it myself and uh, it, it looking like anything but pizza dough when it was done and, and burning and doing it all wrong. Um, and then watching it and going, oh, that's so easy. I had no idea. And so little things like that that yeah. go a long way towards the, those of us who want to aspire to be home cooks yeah. a little bit from time to time. And so you do all of that. Does it just sort of make you feel great about the choice to stay restaurant? Even with the ups and downs and the challenges, you feel... Like I think it's home it feels great. I think it feels great to do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the right job for everybody? No. Yeah. You know, but right. um when I was a kid and we would come home from the grocery store, my mom would want me to put the groceries away and you we'd take the the bags of vegetables and put them in the drawer and I wouldn't let it I had to clean the refrigerator before I would put the the old the new vegetables in with the old vegetables. Like, you know, like the the zucchini got a little soft and starts to water out a little bit and there's gunk in the drawer and things like that. Um, You know, I think back on those things, I'm like, you know, God, I actually was supposed to be doing this. This is what I do. Right. Um, I get, I talk to people and play with food. That that is literally my job description. (laughs) That's the the best. (laughs) That's the way you look at it. Absolutely great. That's the way you look at it. You know, and so um, is. Yeah, everything kind of just ties together. And so it just, mm. it worked out really well. And so for the, you know, for the listeners listening in, where you mentioned this once with the with the folks who have come alongside you. Um, and we, we, we try to, to look at that with all the different small business owners. You've got these investors. I'm sure you've had other people throughout um, your career path. How important has it been to have a sounding board or to have just mentors in your life to help you make the next best decision? For me, it's huge. I think the team that we have, at some point, Parag and Jordan, my two managers, hmm. they run the stop. They run the show. They're in, they're in charge at the restaurant. Sure. And they know that if they have an idea or they know that something needs to happen, that I have their back. Right. And so, right. but a sounding board, absolutely. I still talk to them all of the time. It's, these are the things that's going on. This is what's going on. I, I think I sent off a text message. Someone called in sick. We deal with what we deal with, you know, emergencies happen. And so I was right. like, Hey, we didn't get a chance to have our meeting today. We're going to have our meeting next week. By the way, I'm going to send you off this blast text message of things that I wanted to talk to you about because there's things going on that you really need to know. Mm. Like I want to communicate to you as to what's going on. Yeah. Um, communication is one of those things. Like you got to try five, six, seven different ways to tell people stuff before we all don't hear the same. Before it sticks. That's right. right. 
But um, no, there's a lot going on. It's a seasonal change for us. We're getting ready for the summertime. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready for seasonal staff to come back in. College students are coming back home. Um, tourism is coming back. Hopefully, Gig Harbor right. really has a fabulous season. I would love to see a boon for Gig Harbor this year after the last two years with COVID. Yeah. It would be really nice to see kind yeah. of a renaissance. Agreed. Come back together. Totally. Yeah. And, and everything that Uptown does helps with that. The, 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 mm-hmm. You know, the concerts and, you know, just the movie theater being, all the things that go on up there that get people out yeah. walking around. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely a part of that. And somewhere along the lines, you've, you know, you've learned to become a businessman too. I did. It's not just throwing pizzas around and no. it's actually everything else that goes with it. Yeah. Well, and there's those great people, bosses who listened to your ideas at some point. Right. You know, I mentioned Deborah. I mentioned mm-hmm. Deb. Um, Joseph, there's a lot of guys out there who just, oh, you know, that, that we should listen to something. I, you don't come up with all the ideas on your own. And the one thing I would say for mm. learning how to wing it, mm. listen to other people's ideas. Yeah. Give them credit for what they do. Right. Because it's important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, <laughs> we see that all the time in our business. And and too many people have, you know, pushed away from the shore. They got a good product or service or idea mm-hmm. and they're and they're out there going about it, um, not realizing that there's uh, twelve more hats that they're about to put on and uh and, and, and not having a sounding board. Or just just doing it alone is crazy. You know, you may think you know somebody, maybe your parents, maybe somebody a good friend, um, but you're in it. You're the owner. You're the small business owner and ultimately to rest on your shoulders to make good decisions. And so seeking sound advice, objective, transparent, you know, third party kind of advice seems to uh, seems to make a big difference for yeah. folks. So I think it's a yeah. smart, smart investment in your time. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, I'm going to shift gears slightly. Yep. Um, as fun as this has been um, and we could keep on talking for quite a while. Um, I'd love to know now that you're at a point where things are going well, what does Chris and uh, Olson and the family do for fun? What do you guys break out when you can get away? I am a old school tent camper. All right. Like, load up the truck, throw in the tent. There's no trailer. Um, it's roughing it. Nice. And so I'm an old Boy Scout, so I'm I'm hearing you right there. Yep. So um, we've got some times set aside this summer uh, just to get away. Any place and new? Actually, because of the way that the state has been and because you have to have reservations and because COVID has locked people things, everything is booked right now. So, yeah, there's a lot of new sites. Yeah. Uh, Last year was fabulous. We went down to Mount St. Helens and camped down there for the first time. Um, In 2020, we went down to Cape Disappointment on the Oregon coast, Washington coast. Right. And that was new. And so we've got a couple spots picked out this year that we're couple favorites we snuck into and then a couple new ones that i'm kind of excited to go scoping out right absolutely right that's yeah. awesome that's awesome good off stuff. the grid good stuff yeah get off the grid right mm-hmm. right exactly um and finally living or dead who would be your mount rushmore of dinner guests who might you want to spend three or four hours having a meal with that's a good one um I would like to bring back a couple grandparents. Hmm. 
That's neat. And and talk and bring back like just a family reunion and bring everybody around the table. I yeah. think that's what I'd like to do. Yeah. There's a couple of grandparents that I'd like to bring back and just if everybody could come together and have one last dinner together. Yeah. I think that would be it. Oh my gosh, what a great dinner. Yeah, family yeah. time. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Good for you. It kind of goes in, in line with everything else we've heard about you today. <laughs> <laughs> creating a culture, creating a family, creating relationships that uh, that all seems to uh, flow together nicely. Yeah. This has been so much fun, Chris. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time and just getting to know you a little bit better. And for the audience, uh, if you have not uh, traveled uh, towards Gig Harbor or seen or been to the Fondi restaurant, uh, you're missing a gem. And so I would highly recommend that you make your way, if you're coming towards Gig Harbor, Washington, uh, to, uh, to check Chris out and to check out his store at Fondi. It's a, it's a special place. So thanks for taking the time. Thanks for giving us the background. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. You betcha. What a great story and journey Chris shared with us today. If you're like me, it may be hard to boil down the key takeaways. Let me share a couple of things that resonated from my perspective. Number one was family first. He develops employees and treats guests well, and he knows that if he does that, they'll keep coming back. Secondarily, it's never just a job. With Chris, it's always about community and being valued. In his own words, he says, we have guests not customers. It's an attitude, and there's a difference in the way you treat people. And lastly, he really focused on having mentors and folks who can serve as a sounding board in your life. You just can't do it all on your own. If you listen to them and you give them credit for the great ideas and innovative thinking that they bring, things will happen. Positive things will happen. And if you find yourself as a small business owner or entrepreneur in a position where you've been considering some occasional or consistent coaching, that's what we do here at Wingman Associates. We come alongside and meet you right where you are and stick with you until you say the mission is complete, just like a true wingman. Check us out at wingmanassociates.com. Mm-hmm.